So we're thinking about this story of Philip and the, the Ethiopian man. So can anyone remember why? Why are we thinking about this story today? We've been having this series called Contagious, all about sharing your faith. I said earlier, there's a reason why we're looking at this story today. Anyone remember why that is? Why are we thinking about Philip as an example of being contagious? Yeah. Do you know? It's quite a hard question. It's quite a hard question. Philip is a great example of someone who was contagious, someone who shared their faith. We see it in this story. Um, we picked up the story halfway through Acts chapter 8. If you look back at the start of Acts chapter 8, you see it even more clearly. Philip was in a city called Samaria, and he went around just sharing about Jesus. He just couldn't stop speaking about him, and whenever he spoke, people became Christians. It was amazing. So Philip's a great example of someone who was contagious. And we've been thinking about these three uh, principles over the last three weeks, a bit like kind of three legs of a stool. So has anyone ever sat on a three-legged stool? Anyone ever sat on a three? Yeah? You guys? Has has anyone ever sat on a three-legged stool and have one of the legs break while you're sitting on it? Anyone had that happen? What happens if you're sitting on a three-legged stool and one of the legs breaks? Jamie, it falls over. The point about a three-legged stool is you need all three legs. If you lose one, the whole thing's useless. So we've been thinking about these three principles for, for sharing our faith. First of all, enjoy God. Secondly, connect with people. Thirdly, communicate the gospel. And you need all three things to be, to be active in sharing your faith. So we see all these three in the story of Philip. And there's some great lessons we can learn from this story. So first of all, Philip enjoyed God. He had a close relationship with God, didn't he? Philip was really close to God. Can anyone remember, any of the kids in the story, right at the start, who was the person who told Philip to go to the road between Jerusalem and Gaza. Hands up. Who can remember? Who told Philip? Yeah, Chloe. Jesus. It was an angel, wasn't it? Jesus speaking to Philip through the angel, yeah. And who told Philip to go and speak to the man in the chariot? Anyone hear that? Anyone catch who that was? Rosie, can you remember? Sorry? Philip was the one that did it, wasn't it? Wasn't he? Yeah, and it was the Holy Spirit that told him. He said, Philip, go and speak to that man. So Philip was so close to God that God spoke to him And he did what God said straight away. Really close relationship with God. Now, the book of Acts is a little bit different to to now. Acts was a really unique time in the life of the church. And it was when the 12 apostles were still alive. And they didn't have the New Testament written at at the time. So we can't expect things to happen now exactly the same as they happened then. So we can't expect angels to speak to us and tell us what to do all the time. But we can have that same kind of closeness with God that Philip has. Where he speaks to us... And he directs us and tells us what he wants us to do. And now God, God speaks mainly through the Bible. As we read the Bible and we find out what God wants, what he says. As we hear other people speak in the Bible to us, God puts things on our hearts. And he wants to have that close relationship with us. Isn't that amazing? God wants to be that close to us and direct our lives like that. So Philip enjoyed God. Secondly, Philip connected with the man, didn't he? Here's another question. See if you were listening carefully. Can anyone remember what was the first thing Philip said? to the Ethiopian man in the chariot? It's quite a hard question. Anyone remember what the first thing he said? Did he just say, hello, I'm Philip, nice to meet you. Introduce himself. Joel? Do you understand what you're reading? reading? Yeah, he asked a question, didn't he? And that's another great lesson we can learn about connecting with people. Asking a question is a really easy and natural uh, way to just build connections with people. So if if you're someone who struggles to connect with people maybe, Perhaps you could think about, how can I ask a question to to show a genuine interest in someone's life? 
Find out more about their background, their family, where they've come from, what they believe and don't believe. Ask a question to connect. That's the second thing. Number three, Philip communicated, didn't he? The man was in the, in the chariot. He was reading Isaiah. And Philip explained the good news about Jesus to him from the bit he was reading. Here's another question. See if anyone was listening really, really carefully. Can anyone tell me what the name is of the book that the Ethiopian man was reading? It was a clue because it was written on the scroll. All right? Anyone remember what the, the name of the book was, Noah? Isaiah. Well done. Good answer. Now, here's an even harder question. It was really, really brief. Can anyone tell me what the, na- the number of the chapter was? He was reading. That's a really hard one. Do you think you know Noah? Not quite. That's the name of the memory verse. Really good. 316. Really good try. Anyone remember the, the chapter from Isaiah? It's a quite, quite a hard question. Any of the older, older kids, teenagers, Nathan? John's the, 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 book, the book of the memory verse. That's right. Shall I tell you? Mariah? 56. Almost. Take away three. 53. Yes. Isaiah 53. Now, if you haven't read Isaiah 53, go home and read it. It's an amazing chapter. It was written 700 years before Jesus was born, but it tells in loads of detail about God's promised uh, saviour and how he was going to die. And it just tells exactly how Jesus died. Amazing chapter. But not only how he died, but why he died. The chapter tells us all about why Jesus died, to take our sins, to take the punishment we deserved. It says, by his wounds, we are healed. It's amazing. And Philip was able to go from that chapter and explain the good news about Jesus. And there's our third lesson. The whole Bible talks about Jesus. The whole Bible has one storyline. It's the story of God and his plan to rescue the world from sin. And that plan is all the way through the Bible in the Old Testament and the New. So as you're reading the Bible... As you're reading the Old Testament, why not think about what does this teach me about Jesus and his rescue plan? How can I use that to communicate the gospel to others? So the story of Philip and the Ethiopian man teaches us loads of great lessons about sharing our faith. We see all three legs of that three-legged stool. There's loads of things we can learn. But that's not the main point of the story. Great lessons we can learn. And we can talk all day about principles for sharing our faith, things that we can do, things to, to not do. But that's not the main point of the story. The main point of that story is that it's God's work to save people. It's not our work. It's God's work. So it was God who sent Philip, wasn't it? Sent Philip to that man. It was God who prepared the Ethiopian man's heart to have questions. It was God that led him to that scroll and that particular part of the book. And it was God that as Philip shared the good news about Jesus moved the Ethiopian man's heart to respond in faith and to want to get baptised. It was all God's work. And that's the main thing I want us to take away from today, from this story, and even from the whole series. It's great to have principles for sharing our faith, but saving people is God's work, not ours. And that means we can relax. We don't have to stress or be anxious because it's God's work. I was talking to a close friend just this week, and he was sharing a story of... Uh, someone that he'd met in his, in his hometown, he's not from here, um, a vicar who was new to his post, and they'd be having a conversation about his previous job. And it became clear from the conversation, this vicar had experienced God's blessing in his last job, and lots of people had become Christians. And my friend said, well, what was it? You know, it's, it's God's work, but from a human point of view, what was it? Were there any things you learned that, that caused that to happen? He said, yeah, there were two things. One, I learned Jesus wants to draw people to himself. It's Jesus that wants to do that. Number two... We have to pray and discern what he's already doing and just join in. Isn't that great? Jesus is the one that wants to save people. We have to pray 
discern what he's doing, and join in. About this time a year ago, um, around this, this weekend, we were in Coventry visiting my parents. And uh, we'd visited a park about 10 minutes' walk from their house. And um, we drove back. Hannah decided that she wanted to walk, get a bit of fresh air, have a bit of space. She was walking back, got to some traffic lights. And a Chinese couple came up uh, behind her. And they said, oh, can you tell us the way to, to the university? And uh, her heart kind of sank a little bit, saying goodbye to her nice, quiet walk. But she told them the way. And uh, then you have that slightly awkward moment at traffic lights when you're waiting next to a stranger and the light stays red. You're like, well, I've kind of already said something. Do we sort of keep the conversation going? What happens here? So Hannah thought, well, I might as well talk to them. And found that they'd just moved to this country. And he'd, he'd moved to work at Coventry University, which is very close to my parents' church where they live. And so she thought, she thought, well, you know, they might be looking to, to meet people, looking to learn language. I'll just mention this church to them. So she did, and he was interested, gave her his details. She passed them on to my dad. He turned up at church the next day. We thought nothing more of it. That was October last year. March this year, I get an email from my mum saying, Patrick's getting baptised this weekend. Here's his testimony attached. I read the testimony, and it was amazing. God had been at work in that man's life for a couple of years before he even came to this country. He'd met someone at his university campus who sold books. She'd mentioned something about the Bible. He kind of dismissed it, but it stayed with him because she was healed of cancer, and he was amazed by that. A few days before he left, a group of friends invited him to a meal. He had no idea they were Christians, but they were. They prayed for him and prayed for God's blessing on his time in the UK. He didn't believe in God, didn't think God would answer his prayer, but it stuck in his mind. A couple of weeks later, he meets Hannah at a traffic light, and she mentions church. He goes along. He meets a Mandarin-speaking Christian at the church, the first Sunday he's there. Christmas Eve, him and his wife are in, in London, and they're, they're stuck. They don't know where to go. They manage to find um, a train to Northampton. They get off at Milton Keynes for some reason and find themselves at a Christian conference, a Chinese Christian conference, a three-day conference. And they just join in, as you do. They just turned up explained all about the gospel, they became Christians. March this year, they were baptized. Isn't that amazing? Saving people is God's work. It's not ours. We're just a tiny, tiny link in the chain. But we get to be involved with what God does. Isn't that great? Isn't that a privilege? It's not about us. It's about him. It's all about God. He's the one that saves and not us. So let's remember that. Let's take that away with us from this story. And let me pray. Then we'll finish with a couple more songs. Father, thank you so much for the story of Philip and the Ethiopian man. Thank you for what we've been able to learn from it. Thank you that saving people is your work and not ours. Help us, Lord, to be in prayer, to discern what you're already doing, and to just join in with where you're already at work. And help us to just have the joy of seeing you at work, sitting back and watching you working in people's lives. We pray that we'd all have that joy over this coming year. In Jesus' name, amen.